This is a podcast that seeks to bring the church world and the art world closer together. My name is Matt Anderson. Thank you so much for joining us on this special episode. I also want to make a special appeal for you to share this particular episode with friends and maybe have your children listen to it so they can understand why 9-11 was such a seminal moment for an entire generation. So when I got it in my head that I wanted to do an audio retelling of 9-11, I decided to exclusively use only actual audio from that day and in that moment. I want you to live or relive uh, this as so many did that fateful day. You know, 20 years ago, after the incidents, we put up signs that said, never forget. And this episode is all about fulfilling that mission. So that also means there will be intense and probably disturbing things you will hear. I have censored out any profanity, but the absolute emotion of the day is firmly intact. So parents, give it a listen first, and I'll leave it up to you whether to have your kids listen as well. But we need to remember those who served, sacrificed, survived, ran into danger, and those who lost nearest and dearest. We need to remember that there are people in the world who wish us harm. Regardless of why you believe that to be so, I only want us to remember that it is so, and that we are beyond blessed to live in this land in spite of its imperfections. If I can be so bold, our biggest controversies here are almost laughable in practically any other country of the world. Ask anyone who just fled Afghanistan. So let's allow this 20th anniversary commemoration to reset us and remind us of how great freedom is and from whom it comes. For on September 11th, 2001, there were thousands of heroes and millions of stories. Almost every story from that day begins the same. It was such a beautiful morning. Mr. Roker, Al, it is such a pretty morning, isn't it? Perfect fall morning here. Although it's not fall yet, so it's still a perfect summer morning. Miles and miles of sunshine. Miles Davis. We're going to put Miles out there today. Nice as it could be across the Northeast. Uh, rough sea still uh, from, uh, uh, from the chop from that hurricane. But other than that, it's kind of quiet around the country. We like quiet. It's quiet. It's too quiet. But while most of America was relishing a beautiful day to be alive and 
watching the morning national talk shows to start their day. Ominous plans were about to be carried out. Boston Center, good morning, American 11 with you, passing through 190230, 230. American 11, Boston, climbing table level 280. American 11, turn 20 degrees, right? takes off from Boston with 11 crew members, 76 passengers, and five hijackers aboard, including leader Mohammed Atta. It was originally destined for Los Angeles. 14 minutes later, at 8.13 a.m., American Flight 11 is under assault as hijackers invade the cockpit, kill the pilots, stab a passenger and some crew members, and force the other passengers to the back of the aircraft. It has its last routine communication with FAA Boston Center radio communications. American 11, climbing table level 350. American 11, Boston. How do you hear? Mike Lima, has you live clear? American 11, Boston. 8.15 a.m. United 175 Heavy, runway 9 air, cleared for takeoff, traffic controlling a position on 4 right. Cleared for takeoff, runway 9 United 175 Heavy. United Airlines Flight 175 takes off from Boston with 9 crew members, 51 passengers, and 5 hijackers. It was originally destined for Los Angeles. As this soon-to-be hijacked flight is taking off, at 8.19, a call is placed from the now-hijacked American Airlines Flight 11 by flight attendant Betty Ong from the back of the plane. With no other options, she calls American Reservations and speaks with Special Operations Agent Nidia Gonzalez, who calls America's emergency line and acts as a go-between. The cockpit's not answering. Somebody's stabbed in business class. And um, I think there's mates that we can't breathe. I, I don't know. I think we're getting hijacked. American Airlines emergency line, please state your emergency. Hey, this is Nidia American Airlines calling. I am monitoring a call in which Flight 11 the flight attendant is advising our reps that the pilot, everyone's been stabbed. Flight 11? Yep. They can't get into the cockpit is what I'm hearing. Okay, who's this I'm talking to? Excuse me, this is needed American Airlines at the Raleigh Reservation Center. I'm the operations specialist on duty. I'm sorry, what was your name again? Nydia. Nydia. And what's your last name? Gonzalez. G-O-N-C-A-L-E-C. Raleigh Reservations. Okay. Now, now when you... a flight attendant on the line with one of our agents. Okay. Uh, I'm assuming they've declared an emergency. Let me get ATC on here. Stand by. Got any contact with anybody? Okay, I'm still on with security. Okay, Betty? You're doing a great job. Just, just stay calm, okay? We are, absolutely. OK, 
Okay, we're contacting a flight crew now. We're all con. Uh, we're also contacting ATC. Okay. Anything else from this flight attendant? Um, so far, what I've got, the number five flight attendant's been stabbed, but she seems to be breathing. The number one seems to be stabbed pretty badly, and she's lying down on the floor. They don't know whether she's conscious or not. The other flight attendants are in the back. Um, okay, the aircraft is erratic again, bobbing very erratically. Uh, we contacted air traffic control. They are going to handle this as a confirmed hijacking, so they're moving all the traffic out of this aircraft's way. Okay. Uh, he turned his transponder off, so we don't have a definitive altitude for him. Uh, we're just going by, they, they seem to think that they have him on a primary radar, they seem to think that he is descending. Okay. The passenger who was stabbed, identified as Daniel M. Lewin, served four years in the Israeli army, and a report speculated he may have tried to stop the hijackers. He is likely the first person killed during the 9-11 attacks. And good morning, Ramp American 77 is ready to push off gate 626. American 77 off your right side is a company 27 coming into the gate. That's the only thing I've got over there. Reference that you're cleared for the push and it'll be a west taxi. You don't need to call me back, I'll just keep an eye on you. When you're ready to go, move up to spot 82 and the ground controller is 219. Take care now. Okay, American 77 understands. Clear to push. Don't bend the 72 and taxi up to the spot point nine. American 77. Well put. 8:20 a.m. A third plane, American Airlines Flight 77, is cleared for takeoff from Washington Dulles Airport with six crew members, 53 passengers, and five hijackers on board. It was originally destined for Los Angeles. At 8.24, Mohammed Atta, the man who spearheaded the hijacking of American 11, is now flying the plane. Believing he is speaking to the airplane cabin, he is actually speaking to air traffic control. Is that American 11 trying to call? Buddy, we have some planes, just stay quiet and you'll be okay. We are turning to the airport. And uh, who's trying to call me here? American 11, are you trying to call? Nobody move. Everything will be okay. If you try to make any move, you'll danger yourself and the airplane. Just stay quiet. 8.26 a.m. American Flight 11 makes a hard left turn to the south, heading toward New York City. Flight attendant Betty Ong reports that the plane is, quote, flying erratically. Meanwhile, Americans everywhere are unaware of what is happening in the skies above. I'm Amanda Lang at the New York Stock Exchange, where we could be in for a solid open to the trading day. Stock index futures point to some buying for the broader market and for techs. One sector that could provide a boost, wireless stocks. Nokia is saying it expects to meet earnings targets for the current quarter, but the world's largest mobile phone maker is warning that third quarter sales will be about 5% below the year-ago level. Do you say this is a different perspective on Howard Hughes because the other books have been written based on stories told by people who knew him? You think this is his point of view. How could that be? you after all that cheese and we know you like your right. life. And then you can put turkey and onions. I'm going to taste some when we come back. Okay. All right, hang on. Alrighty. We're going to take a break right here. 
But isn't in America and in politics, isn't spinning, what is spinning, Charlie? Well, spinning is getting out your point of view, yeah, trying to put right. your interpretation on right. something. 837. The pilots of United Flight 175 are asked by air traffic control to see if they can spot American Flight 11. Okay, United 175, do you have them at 12 o'clock now in 5, 10 miles? Uh, affirmative, we have them. Uh, he looks about 20, yeah, about 29, 28,000. Okay, thank you. However, they're unaware that hijackers are in wait on this flight as well. 8.39 a.m. President George W. Bush goes to Emma E. Booker Elementary School for a demonstration of a special reading program that they are doing. United 93, wind 3307, runway 4 left, clear for takeoff. Clear for takeoff, 4 left, United 93. 8.42, a fourth plane prepares to ascend. United 93 takes off from Newark International Airport with seven crew members, 33 passengers, and four hijackers on board. It was originally bound for San Francisco. Meanwhile, at the same moment, United Airlines Flight 175 is hijacked and loses radio communication with the ground. United 175, do you read New York? Elder 1489, do you read New York? Elder 1489, go ahead. Okay, just wanted to make sure you read New York. United, United 175, do you read New York? 10. Hello. Do you um, see that United 175 anywhere? And do me a favor, you see that target there, the 3321 code at 33.5 climbing? Don't know who he is, but you got the US Air 583. If you need to descend him down, you can. Nobody, we, we have a hijack. We have some problems over here right now. Oh, you do? Yes, and okay. that, that may be real traffic. Nobody knows. I can't get a hold of the United 175 at all right now. Hijackers use the same tactics as those on American Flight 11 to take control of the plane. Having established control, they now quickly turn south and also head for New York City. At 8.44, a second flight attendant on American 11 is calling emergency services. Amy Sweeney tells flight service manager Michael Woodward that she sees water and buildings outside the plane's window as they're making a rapid descent. Boston Flight Service has another one of the flight attendants on the phone here. Boston Flight Service. Amy? You lost okay. it? Yeah, okay, we lost the other one, so I really need okay. to get on the phone with her. Something's wrong. Uh, it's Amy, Amy Sweeney's on the phone. Amy Sweeney? Yeah, she's the number nine. Okay. And he's having trouble talking to her right now. All right, these are the two that are injured. Amy? 25. She started screaming and saying something's wrong, and now he's having trouble. No. Okay. Now he thinks he might be disconnected. She tells him, we are flying way too low. Oh my God, we are way too low. A French film crew was given permission by the New York Fire Department to film a documentary about a rookie firefighter in New York City. On this day, there was a report of a gas odor at Church and Lisbonard Streets in that game.
A small detachment of firefighters went to check it out, and one of the crew brought his camera to film it. He would be one of the only people to capture what was about to transpire. a.m. American Flight 11 ended its tragic flight into World Trade Center 1. Justin, you were looking at a, obviously a very disturbing live shot there. That is the World Trade Center, and we have unconfirmed reports this morning that a plane has crashed into one of the towers of the World Trade Center. The CNN Center right now is just beginning to work on this story, obviously calling our sources and trying to figure out exactly what happened, but clearly something relatively devastating happening this morning there. very tragic alert for you right now. An incredible plane crash into the World Trade Center here at the uh, lower tip of Manhattan. It's believed a 737 has crashed into this speculation at this point, but at least three floors taken out. I just wanted to let you know I love you, and I'm stuck in this building in New York. There's lots of smoke, and you just wanted you to know that I love you. But what is... 
Hey, it's 8.52 here in New York. I'm Brian Dumble. We understand that there has been a plane crash on the uh, southern tip of Manhattan. You're looking at the uh, World Trade Center. We understand that a plane has crashed into the World Trade Center. Let's go, sir. Let's go. You can't stay here. I'm sorry. You got to go. Go. You got to clear. Let's go. Let's go. Gentlemen, let's go. Uh, by the entire ABC network. Uh, Good Morning America was in progress in the East Coast and the Midwest, but we're joined by the entire network just to show you some pictures at the foot of New York City. This is at the World Trade Center. Obviously a major fire there, and there has been some sort of explosion. We don't fully know the details. There is one report, as of yet unconfirmed, that a plane has hit uh, the World Trade Center, and you can see that there is smoke there coming out of at least two sides of the building. You know, I'm sure that you heard that a plane crashed into World Trade Center 1. We're fine. We're in World Trade Center 2. I'm not, you know, obviously alive and well over here, but uh, obviously a pretty scary experience. I saw a guy fall out of probably the 91st story all the way down. So <clears throat> you're welcome to give a call here. I think uh, we'll be here all day, but uh, give me a call back later. Love you. As Matt just mentioned, we have a breaking news story to tell you about. Apparently, a plane has just crashed into the World Trade Center here in New York City. It happened just a few moments ago, apparently. We have very little information available. Oh, my God, it was a huge explosion. I saw people falling out of the building. Everybody in the city is coming. There's got to be hundreds of people dead. 851. As the world wonders how such an accident could happen to one of the world's tallest buildings, hijackers now stormed the cockpit of American Flight 77, killing the pilots and seizing control of the aircraft. Unlike the first two hijackings, there are no reports of the terrorists using threats of a bomb or mace or any physical violence. They turn off the plane's transponder and, having left from Washington, D.C., now turn around and head back to the nation's capital. American 77, Indy. American 77, American Indy. American 77 American Indy Radio Check. How do you read? American 77 American Radio Check. How do you read? 855. Brian Sweeney, a passenger on United 175, the second hijacked plane, calls home and leaves a heartfelt message for his wife, Julie. Jules, this is Ryan. Uh, listen, on an airplane, this has been hijacked. And things will go well. I'm good to go. I just want you to know I absolutely love you. I want you to do good. Go have a good time. Uh, thanks to my parents and everybody. And I just totally love you. And uh, I'll see you later. Bye, babe. 
I'm about four or five blocks just north of the World Trade Center, and uh, at about 10, I would say 10 minutes ago, 15 minutes ago, there was a loud sound that I, I can only describe as it sounded like a missile, not an airplane. Then there was a loud explosion and immediately lots of screaming out on the streets. Uh, and I don't want to cause any speculation, but that's the only way I could describe the sound, and it, and it was definitely not the sound of a prop plane or anything like that. And am I right? Are you a pilot? Well, I have flown. I do not have a pilot's license. But I, I grew up on military bases, and I know the sound of jets. And, and I've been in war zones and, and heard those kinds of different sounds. So again, not to cause any kind of undue speculation, but the sound itself was not of a prop plane. It was perhaps a jet, but it could have been a missile as well. Stuart, where are you right now? I'm working at a restaurant in Soho. All right, so tell us what you saw, if you would. I literally, I was waiting at a table, and I literally saw a, it seemed to be like a small plane. I just heard a couple noises. It looked like it, like, bounced off the building, and then I heard a, I just saw a huge, like, ball of fire on top, and then the smoke seemed to simmer down. Hello? Yes, Sean, you're on the air yes, right yes. now. Uh, can, what can, go ahead. What can you tell us? I, I just witnessed a plane that appeared to be cruising uh, slightly lower than normal altitude over New York City, and it appears to have crashed into, uh, I don't know which tower it is, but it hit directly in the middle of uh, one of the World Trade Center towers. Sean, what kind of plane? Was it a small plane, a, a it jet? Was a, uh, it was a jet. It uh, looked like a two-engine jet, um, maybe a 737. Um, tell me where you are, if you would. Well, right now, I'm in the back in the hotel. I'm in the hotel offices here, the front office. You're in the, okay, where were you when the, when the... I, I was standing right in front of the trade, um, the hotel. I'm the doorman there. And, um... The hotel, went, the hotel, which hotel? Marriott World Trade Center. Right across from the World Trade Center. It's actually right in between them. Right in between the World Trade Center. Yes. Okay, so you were standing outside, and tell us what you saw and what you heard. Well, well what I, I heard first, an explosion. And I just figured that it was a plane passing by. Then all of a sudden, stuff just started falling, like bricks and paper and everything and so I just kind of like ran like inside to get away from the falling debris and glass and so forth then after like everything stopped because it like was falling in the street and the cars were catching to each other then when it kind of stopped I heard a guy screaming and when I looked over there was this guy that was on fire so I kind of like ran over and I tried to like put the fire out on him and he was he was like screaming and I just told him to roll roll and he said he can't and then another guy came over with his uh, bag and kind of like put the, fl the flames out on him. Basically, there's people running around down the street and then on the, um, all the glass panes that are on the bottom yeah. part of the World Trade Center are all blown out. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a huge hole. When I first heard it and ran over to the window, it looked like there was fire on the bottom floor. Yeah. But now it looks like that's all kind of cleared up. Can you can you see from your vantage point how many floors are involved in, in this damage? It looks like, it, from my vantage point, maybe three or four floors. Yeah, at least. And it's all one side, and actually someone saw someone fall out of the building. Oh, my God. Yes. 9.03 a.m. United Flight 175 meets its awful demise, and the world is changed forever. Hey, can you look out your window right now? Yeah. Can you can you see God about four thousand feet about five east of your airport right now? Looks like he's Yeah, I see him. You see God look is he descending for the building also? He's descending really quick too, yeah. 
Well, that's... that's five hundred feet now. He just dropped 800 feet in like, a, like one, one sweep. That's, that's another situation. Who, what kind of airplane is that? Can you guys tell? I don't know. I'll read it out in a minute. So you have no idea right, right now? Oh, there's another one. Another plane just hit. <gasps> right? Oh, my God. Another plane has just hit. It hit another building. Flew right into the middle of it. Explosion. It does not appear that there's any kind of a, an effort up there yet. Now, remember, oh, my God. Oh, my God. That looks like a second plane. Uh, Jim Friedel in Hoboken uh, said it appeared to bank sharply and mm. smash directly, perhaps purposefully, into, oh my goodness, oh God. there's another one. Oh. oh my goodness, there's another one. I mean, do you know if there were many people in the building? Oh, another one just hit. Something else just hit. A very large plane oh. just flew directly over my building and there's been another collision. Can you see it? I yes. can see it on this shot. Oh my. Something else has you just... You know what, we just saw a plane like a circling the building. It is in the other building. We just saw a plane circling the building. Given what has been going on around the world, um, some of the some of the key suspects come to mind. Osama bin Laden. Okay, but 
You smile? Yes. Okay, how so? They said the last resort, we should open the window just a little bit to get some air in. Can you open, can you open the window or just to break it? Yeah. Huh? Just to break it. Yeah. Okay, show me, show me. Yes. Break the window. Break the window. As little as possible, just get a little air. Just get a little air. Okay. If you're running out of air, it's just... you're running out of air, we should do that. Okay. Okay? Sean, it's me. I just wanted to let you know I love you, and I'm stuck in this building in New York. There's lots of smoke, and we just wanted you to know that I love you. But what is... a.m. There is now trouble in the cockpit of United Flight 93. United 93, that traffic for you is 1 o'clock, 12 miles eastbound, 370. Negative contact, we're looking at United 93. Somebody call Cleveland. Roger, back in the 1060 with you, we're 370, we're uh, slowing uh, due to the delays possible going, going eastbound. That's American 1060. For the fourth time, a domestic flight has been hijacked with the pilots murdered and the terrorists taking over the aircraft. Only five minutes before, United Airlines dispatcher Ed Ballinger warned Flight 93 and 15 other flights to beware any cockpit intrusion because two planes hit the World Trade Center. Meanwhile, this is Henderson, American 77. Is it, do you guys have radar on him? Is he over Falmouth or? No, we just moved the track there. We never, you okay. know. All right, you just have the track out you there. You guys never been able to raise him at all? No, we called company. They can't even get a hold of him. So there's no, no, radio, uh, no radio communication to no radar. So. The plight of American Airlines 77 remains a mystery. 9.30 a.m. President Bush makes his first address to the nation after the attacks in New York. Uh, today we've had a national tragedy. Uh, two airplanes have crashed into the World Trade Center in an apparent terrorist attack on our country. I have spoken to the Vice President, to the Governor of New York, to the Director of the FBI, and I've ordered that the full resources of the federal government uh, go to help the victims and their families and, the, and to conduct a full-scale investigation to hunt down and to find those folks who committed this act. Jim Gartenberg joins us. He was on the 86th floor of, uh, I'm not sure which tower, was it the east, north or south, Jim? It's World Trade Center 1. 
and it's not was. I am here, and I'm stuck right now. Now, you, are you above Jim or below? I have no idea. I have no idea where the plane hit. I'm, it's my understanding that it's a plane. Jim, um, there are two planes. One went into one tower. One went into the other tower. What do, what do you see around you? I mean, are you in, are you in smoke? Are you in fire? I mean, the, the first thing that I want to make clear is that I'm stuck on the 86th floor. Um, a fire door has trapped us. Debris has fallen around us, and part of the core of the building is blown out. How many people are with you, Jim? I'm with one other person, and I'm told that people are aware of this. I'm on the 86th floor on the east side of the building facing the East River. And what time if did I'm you get... I'm on the air. I want to tell anybody that has a family member that may be in the building that the situation is under control for the moment, and the danger has not increased. So please, all family members, take it easy. American Dispatch, Jim McDonald. Indianapolis Center, did you get a hold of American 77 by chance? No, sir, but we have an unconfirmed report that the second airplane hit the World Trade Center. And it's Say again? You know, we lost American 11 through a hijacking. No. American was a, uh, a Boston Los Angeles flight. It was. Alright. I can't really. I can't hear what you're saying there. You said American 11? Yes, we were hijacked. Which is a Boston L.A. flight, and 77 is a Dulles L.A. flight, and uh, we have an unconfirmed report a second airplane just flew into the World Trade Center. 9.32. Terrorist, hijacker, and now pilot Ziad Jarrah mistakenly communicates to ground control from United 93 rather than the passenger cabin. American Flight 77 is seen approaching Washington, D.C. and eventually finds its target. Are you at the traffic? Do you know what kind it is? Can you see? A 757. Can you estimate his altitude? It uh, looks like he's at no altitude right now, sir. Watch approach. Hey, this is Dulles Approach Control. We're tracking a fast-moving primary heading towards the White House. The White House has been advised. All right, I'll tell him. Okay, I'll keep you advised. Crystal City, just north of Crystal City. Uh, just to the north of your town. Just that. Yeah, I'll stop all departures. And uh, Washington is go for 06. Go for 06, guys. Yes, sir, that aircraft is down. He's in our 12 o'clock position. Uh, looks like it's just to the uh, north west of the airfield at this time, sir. Go for 86, thank you. Just in a maintain 2000.
Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. We're looking at a uh, live picture from Washington and there is smoke pouring out of the Pentagon. It would appear that there has been another major explosion, this one in the nation's capital. You are looking at a scene of uh, apparent blast aftermath. There is smoke in the air over the Pentagon. We don't know whether this is the result of a bomb or whether it is yet another aircraft that has targeted a um, symbol of the United States power, but there is smoke pouring out of the Pentagon. Flight 93 is now the only hijacked plane in the air. While its current location is unknown, there is great concern in New York City. Some are wondering if the integrity of the Twin Towers will hold and keep it standing. Progress from the firemen is slow, as elevators are down and many stairwells blocked by debris. One firefighter, 45-year-old Oreo Palmer, is determined to help those trapped in the South Tower. A runner and marathoner, he carries 50 pounds of gear and slowly makes progress upward. In an effort to save energy, he gives brief but regular reports of his progress. Back in Washington, D.C., a rescue effort is now underway to help the injured from the Pentagon. When word comes that a second plane is headed for the Capitol, and it may be the Pentagon once again. Where it's headed is unclear, but what flight is coming is clear. United 93. Apparently, it's terrorists and they're hell-bent on crashing the aircraft, so if you can, try to take over the aircraft. Group some people and perhaps do the best you can to, to get control of it. Uh, I love you, sweetie. Good luck. Bye-bye. Evacuated 500 yards away from the building. All you had to evacuate 500 yards away from the building. Hi, baby. I'm, baby, you have to listen to me carefully. I'm on a plane that's been hijacked. I want to tell you I love you. Please tell my children that I love them very much. There's three guys they've hijacked the plane, and I've heard that there's planes that have been flown into the World Trade Center. I hope to be able to see your face again, baby. I love you. Bye. Battalion 301 to command. All units on the fire ground, evacuate the building and reposition. All units respond. Additionally, 500 yards from the scene for safety purposes. Of course, 50 direct. Okay, United 93 Go ahead. is 29 miles out of, uh, 29 minutes out of Washington, D.C. 29 minutes out of Washington, D.C. and tracking towards that. This is the one who reversed cars in Ohio. Yes. As Oreo Palmer does all he can to get to the needy, almost 30 floors higher is Kevin Cosgrove. 
he's on the 105th floor. The husband and father of three is the vice president of a brokerage firm at Tower 2. With only one colleague in an office and surrounded by smoke, Cosgrove remains on the line with emergency services, trying to tell them where he is, begging and pleading for help. He is losing air, and he is losing time. At 9.59 a.m., Cosgrove's voice would be the only one recorded as the South Tower meets its untimely end. 105, John Astro's office. That's what you think. That's the office. Hello? Hello? We're looking at all, we're looking at the financial center. Two three of us, two broken windows. There's all these noises. I think it, I don't know what it is. They say someone needs help. Yeah, Mike. Mike. Mike, come over here. Yeah. Anybody need a doctor? St Studio, you on with me? This is Chopper Five. Studio, you copy? Studio, the uh, World uh, Two World Trade just collapsed. Copy. 10.03 a.m. 
in an attempt to retake control of the airplane, passengers from United 93 stormed the cockpit. Upon entry and in the ensuing struggle, United 93 goes down and crashes in a field near Shanksville, Pennsylvania, 20 minutes flying time from Washington, D.C. Okay, uh, there is now on that United 93. Yes. There is a report of black smoke in the, in the last position I gave you, 15 miles south of Johnstown. Uh, from the airplane or from the ground? Uh, they're speculating it's from the aircraft. Okay. Uh, who, it, it hit the ground. That's what, they're, that's what they're speculating. It's speculation only. Uh, Britt, I just want to update you while you've been talking. Authorities at the Somerset County Airport confirm a large plane crash about 80 miles southeast of Pittsburgh. We're trying to deal with only facts today and not rumors because there are plenty of those swirling around. But we do have a confirmation of apparently another plane crash about 80 miles southeast of Pittsburgh. You've got to assume that it's related to all of these goings on, but uh, we don't know any more information than that. Uh, it appears, and we had the report from our Brian Wilson in Washington not too long ago, it appears Brian told us that, the, uh, that there was a report of a hijacked plane south of Washington, D.C. and headed toward the nation's capital. Now, it appears that that is the flight that went down about 80 miles southeast of Pittsburgh. We told you that there was a confirmation from the Somerset uh, County Airport. In New York City, it seems no longer a question of if, but when the North Tower will now collapse. Firefighters are now being called to escape and abandon the building, not knowing how much longer it will stand. At 10.28 a.m., the destruction of the day is complete. top of the building collapsed. You can see a massive plume of smoke. People are running away from the area. There are firefighters and there are police trying to evacuate the area as quickly as possible. People who are near the area 
are in an absolute frenzy situation. The entire top of the building just collapsed. You can see the plume of smoke is coming in our direction. Let's get out of here, Ralph. We're going to leave because the smoke is coming right at us. Obviously, this is a devastating They're moment in our history. They're gone. The World Trade Center is, is no more. They seem to have the north problem at the North Tower, uh, Peter. Let's look at the North, north Tower. Tower quickly, seems quickly. to be coming down. Oh, my God. The second, the second tower. It's hard to put it into words, and maybe one doesn't need to. Both trade towers, where thousands of people work, on this day, Tuesday, have now been attacked and destroyed. A stunning and cowardly strike on the United States. Terrorists and mighty skyscrapers crumbling to the ground. Many innocent people are dead. The president vows the killers will pay for this attack on America. September 11th, 2001. You will remember this day as long as you live. Almost 3,000 people died on September 11th, in the air, high above the street, on the ground, and even below the earth. There were so many heroes that day. People like firefighter Oriel Palmer, who with other firefighters and police officers ran into trouble rather than away from it. Flight attendants who showed grace under fire to the very end. Passengers who acted and literally saved lives and monuments in Washington, D.C. 
family members of victims who comforted their loved ones who were trapped in buildings and planes. Boat drivers in New York City who helped people get off a now-closed Manhattan and get to their families or get to adequate medical care. Office workers, plumbers, and electricians who showed incredible strength at the sight of our military command and defense. Pilots who bravely fought off attackers in order to protect their passengers. Stock traders, analysts, and white-collar folks helping the injured down scores of flights of stairs in order to reach safety. There were no questions that day or concerns of who you voted for, what party you belonged to, what race you were, what your views on political issues were, or who you were romantic with or where you worshipped. They just loved. They just saw someone in trouble and acted. They just helped. It was the worst act of terrorism upon our shores. For the first time in decades, we legitimately felt unsafe. But September 12th brought a resolve unlike anything we had ever seen. Thousands of young adults enlisted into the armed forces. Hundreds of thousands stood in line in order to donate blood. Millions gave to help with relief efforts and grieving families. It was the best of us. And remember, our country had just gone through a bitter 2000 election and weeks of scorn only eight months before. I certainly don't want a repeat of these events on any scale. But it reminded us that there was still a lot of decency in our country. Of course, I believe we should be principled. As Christians, we need to live by the standard of God's word. We don't water down our belief system. We try to live lives rooted in biblical truth, and part of that standard are the two great commandments, loving God and loving our neighbor. Nobody had to fill out a form before Jesus healed them. He just acted as the Father directed. He never asked someone where they stood regarding Roman rule and whether Israel should revolt. He just showed love and godly power. Heaven forbid, if another 9-11 happened at your workplace, how would you respond? Would you hesitate to help someone because they had a MAGA hat on their desk or a pride flag? A back the blue sign or a defund the police sign? I honestly pray we wouldn't care and simply be Jesus and rescue them. That may be our only way out of this, folks. In our increasingly narcissistic yet self-loathing, tribalistic, self-involved, balkanized world, I pray we will not do the terrorists' work for them. We really can love and disagree at the same time. Author Brene Brown says, people are hard to hate close up. I want to challenge us to be close up with someone different. Find out their story. Ask questions. Even if they don't respond in kind, be determined to keep your heart soft. And not only preserves this country's values, but it keeps you from going over the emotional cliff. 
And I pray it won't take planes flying into buildings to get us there. I know I say this all the time, but please share this podcast as the 20th anniversary of 9-11 looms. And we appreciate you being a part of the MacCast. For questions or comments, or if you would like to advertise on this program, you can email me at mattcastworld at gmail.com. Mattcastworld at gmail.com. Our theme music is by Sound Diffusion. This has been a production of Monumental Ministries. For more information, go to mattministry.com. Thanks for having me over. I had a wonderful time. Thank you.